Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie Radio right 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. And, you know, we usually it's uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may be dealing with you know, their team taking an L over the weekend or just being a Cowboys fan in general or a Texans fan in general. Uh, not the case today because uh, a lot of Mavs fans out there, big part of our listenership are Mavs fans, and they are celebrating. Well, I think they're celebrating. Uh, big trade over the weekend, and give my man Patrick some credit because he saw it, com- he saw it coming. He brought this up on Friday, I he believe, did. when we first discussed it. Um, Kyrie Irving requesting a trade as opposed to demanding a trade. Um, and he requested a trade, and my man Patrick said, hey, the Mavs should be interested and will be interested. Well, they certainly were. They decided to pull the trigger on that trade. They sent Dorian Feeney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, along with a 2029 first-round pick, two second-round picks to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. Um, Man, we all know the background of Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's an amazing talent, but can be temperamental, petulant, erratic. Distracting. uh, Distracting, emotionally fragile, uh, Mm -hmm. mentally fragile. A lot of, there's a lot of toxicity that comes along with that extreme, extraordinary talent. But it is just that. It's an extraordinary talent. We know that. That is not a question at all. Um, but the question is, will this experiment work? They've traded with him. Now they need to try to convince him to stay there and sign an extension. And I don't even know if they really want to offer the max, but I believe he wants the max. Remember, he requested the trade initially with the Nets. Um, because he wanted a four-year max deal with the Nets, and based on the Chris Haynes report, or Bleach report, the Nets reportedly offered an extension to Irving. However, it included unprecedented guarantee stipulations tied to the team winning an NBA title. This mm-hmm. appeared to offend Irving and his camp, thus resulting in the trade request. All right, gentlemen, um, I'll give the the floor to Patrick first because you made the prediction, brother. You thought it would happen because um, Harris thinks it's going to be a disaster. I believe that was his retort. Yeah. Said, it's it's going to be a disaster. So you guys could end up both still being right here. Yeah. Uh, but, Patrick, your thoughts, man. You're the NBA guy here. You saw this coming. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs were the, the only team that really had a package. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy that Kevin Durant's been on the record that he likes. So that was somebody, and he's just a really good 3 and D guy who can do a little bit more. So a guy that pretty much any star in the NBA would want to play with. And no one had anybody comparable to that. You also throw in a Spencer Didwitty, who could start on a lot of NBA teams. Uh, he's actually had a pretty quietly good season for the Mavs this season. And mm-hmm. a former net. He's a former net yeah. as well. That's and so you were yeah. able to get a couple guys there. It made more sense. The Lakers don't have anybody the Nets want. 
So the Lakers are out. Because they, they can give you two, three picks, but if you do that, you got to trade Durant, too. And reportedly and I don't, offered two first-rounders, reportedly. Yeah, and you could give up as many picks you want, but if there's no players back, then Durant's like, cool, I'm out, too, you're rebuilding. And they, they're, I don't think they want to do that right now. Right. Uh, and then the Clippers got into it, but I don't think the Clippers really had anybody either that was going to make it as good as Dorian Finney-Smith. So that's the reason why the Mavs were in there. The Mavs have to do something. You have to continually show your star player that you are trying uh, and I think that they've, you know, they've kind of struck out a lot of times uh, going for big moves, whether it's free agents or trades. So this is one where you go, hey, man, we're we're buying really low. Yep. Like the old saying Bill Simmons used to say was uh, four quarters don't make a dollar in the NBA. So if you trade four role players for a star, you're not getting returned with the four role players. That's just the old, that's how the NBA works. You didn't even deal up that. You gave up two for a yeah. dollar. Because Kyrie, as a player, is a phenomenal talent. Oh, no doubt. Now, how many games is he going to play everything else? The positive for the, the Mavs is he can't. he's not going to sign an extension this year. He doesn't really want an extension this year. He wants to be re-signed in the offseason or signed in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, because of the rules of the CBA and everything, they could only offer him a two-year $80 million deal if they re-sign him and do an extension right now, and he wants four two hundred. Mm-hmm. So that is a big difference between those two. Oh, yeah. So he, So Cuban can make the deal, Mark Cuban and the Mavs can make this deal, and not have to worry about – Hey man, he is like before he suits up for us, he wants money. They can say, "Hey, let's do him." It's a risk because but we're basically giving up Dorian Finney-Smith and what we feel will be a later draft pick in the first round. And it's down the road to bring in a guy who could really raise our level because, you know, as much as people got mad at us uh last year for letting guys go, this this is the best second talent we've had in Dallas. I mean, probably ever. I mean, since Jason Kidd, since Steve Nash. It's been a really long time. Like, yeah. to have that, too. So, years, yeah. I, I get it. it. It's it's surprised me that it happened as fast as it did. I was very surprised that it happened that fast. But I think there's probably pressure from all these other teams, too. To Like, man, if this is going to happen, like, you all can't wait till Wednesday because no other trades are happening until this trade happens. Yeah. And now the doors may be open for to see some other stuff happening. Another note. This may not be a done deal yet. They haven't sent the paperwork through yet. Oh, no. No, no, uh, because they're trying to add another team. So there's thoughts of maybe, like, the Mavs don't necessarily want Morris or something like that, or maybe you package Morris and Dinwiddie to another team, and then the Nets and Mavs get somebody else. You just shake up some things, maybe throw another contract in there to drop somebody off. Those are the types of things that are still being talked about. Okay. So it would not be surprising to see it not go through till late today, maybe tomorrow. It could even go till Wednesday. Uh, just to, while they're trying to, in this trade deadline fury, go, hey, man, maybe we, if we can sweeten the pot for ourselves a little bit, get another pick in there, we maybe or drop a salary of somebody. Yeah. So that might happen still. Yeah, that's a good point. All yeah, right, for, me, <clears throat> for me, I'm, I'm looking at this almost the same way, but here's the deal. Kyrie Irving, his basketball talent is undeniable. Mm-hmm. If he is the guy that wants to go out there and play every single night, they can make this run. But we've seen him not want to play every single night. We've seen him pick his moments and try to to decide, ah, I'll play this game, I won't play that game. Oh, I won't be engaged in this game. I'll be out there because I got to, but I'm not really involved as much. If he can go out there and decide, hey, I want to put this team on my back, this is where I say it's going to be a problem because Luka is that guy. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is, you know, he was more of the silent superstar. I mean, and I say that modestly because Kevin does go out there every once in a while and say certain things and he gets at people. 
But overall, he's not trying to bring – all he wants – what does he always say? All I want to do is hoop. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is hoop. I want to be about the basketball. And if he can go out there and understand his role with Luka, because that's the other part. What is Luka going to do with it? Because everybody keeps talking about he needs another uh, superstar with him. He needs another superstar. He does. But a superstar that dominates the basketball is not what Luka – looks at because Luca's the one that dominates the basketball. He's the one that everything played through. My biggest point for me was I thought they needed to go get him another big man because I still don't understand what Dwight Powell's job is on that squad. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. Powell is the dude that I'm always like, how is he still on this team? Man, you do not like – you know what you just changed into a Dwight Powell rant? Because rant I was like, I do not like no, him I, for but, some reason because I always thought his biggest asset was going to be getting him a big man. <laughs> <laughs> Getting him a big man but, for well, what I think the problem is Christian Wood, who's a you know. yeah, and I, I think the big problem with the big man is the talent of big men who can play defense that are available are also ball heavy guys that want you to throw like a DeAndre Ayton yep. wants you to throw it to him in the post and then he'll back you down and he'll back you down and that's not going to play with yep. Luke either because Luke doesn't want to play inside out like that. Yep. So I think that's where the problems lie there. I will say, look at what they did with Jalen Brunson last year. And now if Kyrie, the question is, can he fit into that mold and fit into that point? But he's better than Jalen Brunson is oh, as no a talent. Doubt. No doubt. And so if you go, well, we need to replace Jalen Brunson because we didn't sign him that extension when we should have, and this whole problem could have been avo- uh, avoided, if we would have just signed him before. The extent, where, yeah, the extention. And, and we would have signed the him the extension agency, yeah. and not on a free agency. Yeah. They know they messed that up. But yep. this is, we talk about it with plenty of teams, not doubling down on a bad move by not going to get another point guard. They go, look, we had it when we had a point guard with Luka where Luka didn't necessarily have to be bringing the ball up all the time. They can both now play off ball, where a lot of these guys, it's like, man, once you play off ball and learn can do that, those guys can do it. I, I think there is a possibility this is really fun to watch. Every team in the West has flaws. Yep. There isn't a team in the West that has a surefire, easy path where you go, that team, oh, yeah, they're, they're a complete team. So this team's going to have its flaws, but if they get hot at the right time, you're talking about two of the streakiest, the hottest players I mean, how many teams have two guys that you go, oh, they could go off for 60 tonight, and it's not the best night of the year? And, and right. I'll say Christian Wilkins, he's a bucket. He's Christian a bucket. was a bucket, too, man. And oh. Jason Kidd's a defensive coach, so like they'll fit. Yeah. Now, Dorian Finney-Smith is a big piece to lose he was a because he is a he's great your, perimeter he's defender. He's a 3 and D guy. And he's you're going to have to figure out to how to figure that out, and you know that's going to be a difficult part. They may, I, We all know they're not done in trying to make another trade, so they could be trying to go out and get another 3 and D guy or somebody else to fit in. Uh, once the Mavs make this move, now they have to go even further all in. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. You can't at this point. You've crossed the Rubicon. Yeah, at this point, you've crossed the Rubicon. So you, because even with the Kyrie thing, if it let's say you can't convince uh, and woo Kyrie to sign, you know, the max deal with you in the offseason, Kyrie wants to do his own thing, which could happen. You no, know, he is the most perplexing personality in the NBA. <laughs> Nobody time. can predict what Kyrie's going to do. So if he does that, then you got to go back, like really go right after it and make another big move. Yep. Or you got to try to sign and trade Kyrie somehow to some other well, team. But I'm saying they're going to make. Free I, I think they're going to try and make another move in the next four days. Yeah, I think they'll try and make another move before Thursday. And it'll be a defensive move because you essentially yeah, got gonna, three defensive liabilities. Yeah, so they now. may try and bring another center that's a more defensive yeah. uh, rim protector. They may try and bring in another three and D guy. But they definitely need defense. They definitely but like they're need defense. they're now uh, fully in the Yaka Pertle sweepstakes for the Spurs. Like they're fully in. Like there's a lot. Of, they're one of those teams that'll be in that talk now because you go, hey man, do we need a big man that can just play like that and not? He's not going to be a star. He's not going to help us on offense. 
Ding, ding, but ding. That's right. what I was saying. So that now puts him into this. They because don't need he, help on offense anymore. No, exactly. But this, <laughs> no. And that's what puts him into the discussion of, all right, now we're at the point where Kyrie we're in a good place with because he doesn't want an extension. He wants to sign in for agency, which means we just have to dangle the carrot of, well, you want four years, $200 million, Go win. Like, go play ball out, play a bunch of games, and win. He changed the narrative enough in the last month and a half of playing on the court with KD going down and still salvaging that team that he went from in the offseason demanding a trade where no one – people in the NBA were not willing to give up a second-round pick for Kyrie. Like, that's how bad it was right. in the offseason when he demanded a trade. They're like, oh, no, stay away from us. To now getting back a decent return for him – on the trade deadline because he acted right for a month and a half and showed up on the court and played. Yeah. If he he can get that, if you can get that Kyrie out of him expecting a max contract at the end of the year, then you got to go all in and try and win and get as far as you can this year. It it can work because if you go look at it, first of all, they need it. They need to make this kind of move. They had to. Uh, With you go look at the numbers with and without Luka Doncic, without Luka Doncic, they had the worst offense in the NBA at points per 100 possession, 107.7 with Luka on the floor, that the best offense in the NBA, 120.8 points per 100 possessions. So that is a drastic precipitous drop off, also winless without Luka. So they were 30th in field goal percentage, 30th in net rating, 28th in offense, 30th in three-point percentage, and 30th in defense without Luka on the floor. That's just, that's terrible. As uh, Charles Barkley would say, you got to rectify that. So they need a playmaker. They need a ball handler. And I love these stats. We did some deep diving. So Kyrie Irving leads all players in points per possession on isolation plays. Uh, 1.28, and he's actually leads the NBA on field goal percentage on isolation plays at 55.8%. When you got Luka, who is right now his usage rate is hovering around thir- close to 39%, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's one of the single season like records potentially, um, or at least it's going to be up there. You you need someone to be able to shoulder that load, and Kyrie is that guy. If you look at drives to the basket, he's awesome. Drives per 36 minutes, he's only averaging 10.5. Hell, Dinwiddie was actually averaging more at 11.1, but field goal percentage, he's near 60% field goal percentage on drives. Dinwiddie was at 49%. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about just a drastic difference of a playmaker. So on the court— I don't think there's any doubt, in my opinion, that it's going to work because I think they understand they got three defensive liabilities now on the floor, Luka, Christian Wood, and Kyrie Irving. Now you got to build everything else with defense. The yeah. whole rest of the damn uh, roster can be built around defense because those guys can make you the best offense in the NBA, just those three. You can have the best offense, but you might have the worst defense in You're the NBA. You're definitely going to have the worst <laughs> defense in the so, NBA yeah, right now. You might have the, it's, <clears> a, it's a tale of two, two, uh, two different teams, if you will. Because Kyrie doesn't sell out on defense. That's the whole thing. That, that, that is why when I look at this as a – you know, I watch Maverick games. I pay a lot of attention to them. Uh, but they're not the best defensive team in the league. Going back to what you said about Jason Kidd, right? Jason Kidd is a defensive-minded coach, but now you just got rid of your best defender in Dorian Feeney-Smith. And also, Dinwiddie played a little bit. He wasn't great on defense, but at least he gave you effort on defense. So now you're going to bring in Kyrie and Luka. Luka's not that great on defense. He's not a he, no. he doesn't he wants no. to spend all his energy trying to score buckets. Which they so, need. which is which is gonna be part of this struggle. And that's why I thought personally they were gonna end up trading for a Yaka portal. 
uh, mm-hmm. somebody that can get to the rim and score buckets, but not that's not his focus. That is not – and, again, I'm not going to throw my man under this bus, but Dwight Powell – he is not that guy. I've been I've been mad at this dude wow. for years. Oh, I'm like, how does he keep starting for them? Because I want to see I want to I want a Texas team to play well, but every time I watch them, it's like, how's this dude still in the NBA? There's, you can't tell me. I'm this? like, he's still starting. He's a starter. <laughs> but I'm just curious to see what the what the next move is going to be for the Mavericks because they I still think they're a piece away from actually having this thing figured out. And, again, I want to see how they work with, with Kyrie Irving and Luka being on the ball because I, they both love the ball in their it, We do know, and it, there's going to be a point in this season where you're going to have to rest uh, – you're going to have to rest Luka some more. You just, you're going to gonna well, have to. He played a whole we, su- we know, season We know overseas. he ran out of steam last year, yeah. and then he didn't even take time off even after running right. out of steam. You're going to have to get him rest down the stretch. And to have a guy like Kyrie to go, hey, man, look, we can go in there and just go, Kyrie, have fun for these next two games while Luka is nursing whatever mm-hmm. fake injury we gave him exactly. to let him sit down. And they're no not faking management. it. They hurt. But it's, you know, that that kind of thing is going to be important down the stretch. And so to having their star that can kind of temper the games for a couple games, that that's big. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. It's It's insanely risky. But for a team like the Mavs, who time and time again have swung for the fences and struck out with so mm-hmm. many free agents and all these big trades they want to do, and it never happens, and then they finally they get Steve Nash, and it's, oh, how great of a trade, and then <laughs> they trade him off, and he wins two MVPs. Like, mm-hmm. that's the, been the Mavs right. for, for years and years. So this is the move, and, and you're going to hope – Kyrie's favorite player growing up? Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. So you're hoping that there's something there where those two can be friends and work together and he can get the best out of him, at least for this year. Now, this offseason, good luck. God bless you. <laughs> but for the rest of this year, you this trade it. makes sense. No, I'm with you. And you got basically the rest of the season to essentially convince him that he wants to be a man. Yep. Uh, and he has a good relationship with Nico uh, Harrison, the uh, uh, president or GM yes, of the Mavs yep. as well. Game is Nike deal. Yes, it's on. There's Nike, so and not the one who fired him from his Nike deal. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's also a good that sign. That is a great um, one. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, I just love that Kyrie is known for not just burning bridges. He 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 just he he basically bombs bridges. Like, I was gonna he, say. he doesn't just burn them, man. He just destroys them, annihilates yeah. those things. And I wonder now, and it's and it, you know, it's a little unfair to him too, because. You know, remember we said about Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott threw a lot of interceptions this year, but nobody talks about Matt Stafford throwing a lot of, hell, leading the NFL in interceptions last year. I did, but nobody else did. And nobody talks about Josh Allen throwing a lot of picks this year. They just started bringing it up. But they have a reputation, a different reputation than Dak. So Dak's almost being punished because his reputation is that he takes care of the football and that he's high, you know, basically low-risk, high-reward quarterback. Kyrie Irving also, like, nobody gets on Jimmy Butler for changing teams a lot. Nope. And for Jimmy Butler, he's quick to burn a bridge. You know what Jimmy I mean? Butler, Jimmy but, Butler walked into the Timberwolves practice, played one-on-one against everybody, beat everybody, told him he was the best player in the world, and walked out. And, and walked yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that dude walked into the room and was like, I can beat everyone in this room and y'all better trade me. Yeah. Like, that dude did that. But, yeah, he doesn't get that same he reputation. Get, no, my, no, because, I know, I know and it's, because when he's there. Stuff, the anti-Semitic yeah. video, I get all that. I'm not trying to go there. I'm talking about basketball. Yeah, right, stuff. right. Trying no, to and I mean, yeah. 
we we saw with the the quit statements he's had where he would never leave like he would never nothing to Durant he's always got Durant's back and man everybody you know the difference between last year and this year every no one's half in in this locker room yeah Kyrie you were half in in that <laughs> locker room <laughs> exactly yeah, he just doesn't see it it's like he did, like he cannot see that that type of stuff he said so, no, after they got knocked out of the playoffs last year. It's like me and Kevin and Sean and si- and Joe Sai, we're gonna be running this franchise together. <laughs> he yeah. said all these things. He did. He's I he's either just he's unaware. He's, he's either really, really smart in playing everybody, but I don't think that's it. No. I think he's just completely unaware and has enough people around him that let him be that way. I mean, heck, his his agent is his stepmom. Yeah. Like he doesn't have outside voices. That's he true. is the Dallas Cowboys. No outside voices. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, great comparison there. That's well done. Uh, okay. I know we got Horse Knock Live coming up. Real quick, though, what does this leave KD? Does, Kate, does Kevin Durant now, I mean, he requested a trade earlier this year. Uh, does that come up again? Or if you're the Nets, do you decide we, can we build around Kevin Durant? Does Kevin Durant allow us to build around him? Will he stay hard? Does he stay there now? <sighs> I mean, all the guys he brought there to, to win this championship, Harden, Kyrie, the best they're team not gone. on paper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all gone now. They're paper champs, man. That's what they call <laughs> that. That paper championship. I, I, well, remember he also wanted to be traded during the off season as well. That's what I'm saying. So now things are kind of in a in up in the air. He's coming back off of an injury. He's at the point now where he's thinking, I want to win a championship. And the whole reason why this. Dream team was put together is because they wanted to make a championship. They got swept last year. Mm-hmm. They got swept by the, the the Celtics, and now they have put themselves in another situation where it's not trending in the right direction. For he remember they wanted a coach fired, and he yeah, ended up getting this. fired. Yeah, they fired. They got him. They fired. got him fired. Now, for the record, that was the right call. For Nash to be fired? Yes. John Vaughn is to... a way better coach than Steve Nash. I love John Vaughn. They did. We're going to have the wrong coach. I am saying, though, that was the right move. They were garbage under Steve Nash, and they're pretty good sure. under Jock Vaughn. So sure. I will say and that one's right. they actually play defense for Jock Vaughn, yeah. too. He's, yeah, it's a good they point. But I agree. You also shouldn't be demanding it. You should. A lot of this stuff should be done behind closed doors. Exactly. And it is not done. I mean, Kevin Durant does it behind a glint. Closed door and then tweets it out. I was going to say, with his burner account. With his burner burner phone. But no, I'll tell you this is I think that he's probably already walked into Sean Mark's office and said, All right, well, you got rid of him. This is what you got back. I know you're trying to make more moves. You're trying to, you're basically trying to figure out a way to keep me here because I'm, it's, if you trade me, you are getting nothing back for me. Like, my value is so much higher. Kevin Durant's value is so much higher. But you're not going to let anything him walk, you're going. though. Well, you, he's under contract for like three or four more years. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's yeah. under contract. Yeah. So, it, there is, I think, considering the fact we have not heard the trade request already, it's Monday of the trade deadline Thursday. I don't think there's going to be a trade demand put out because that normally, like, you can't go, hey, man, trade me in three days. Yeah. And they go, well, how? Yeah. Because everyone's going to lowball us by a long shot. Yep. Yeah. Go, hey, man, do you want these uh, three role players and, and two picks? <laughs> it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, so I know that there the were whole reports were that the Suns were going to go after it. The Suns really, the Suns offered, they wanted Kevin Durant. Is what the Suns wanted. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's going to play out the rest of the season, and then in the offseason we'll go from there. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, man, it's a lot of drama with the Nets all the time. The, the Nets love drama. Yeah. Uh, I told you the Cowboys. All right, uh, what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life? Well, it's Black History Month, so I want to give you all a little bit of black history when it comes to baseball. One of my favorite players, and I think it's something that we don't talk enough about, and I told you this a long time ago, it's a lost art in the game. So I'm going to give you a little background on my boy. And uh, I think y'all will figure it out pretty quick. I like that. A little black history, a little baseball with my man Hardball. <laughs> Coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my man. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter, at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man behind the glass, at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're a part of the show and you continue to hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I wanted to talk about this um, player that is one of my favorite players of all time. Um, very brash. He was not afraid to speak his mind. And a lot of times he talked about himself in the third person. Mm. I think you know <laughs> who this person is, but I will continue to talk about him. He was drafted in 1976 where he played baseball, football, and basketball at high school. And he was an All-American running back coming out of high school. Wow. But he ended up getting drafted and decided that he wanted to take his chances and be a professional baseball player. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009. He got 94.81% uh, of the votes. Again, still trying to figure out how this person did not get mm. uh, first. I mean, he was a first ballot but didn't get 100% of the votes. Maybe it was because of some of the things that I've talked about before, not being nice to some of the reporters, not being all up in their face and yeah. doing his own thing. But I digress on that. He was a 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion. He was an AL MVP in 1990. He was the uh, ALCS MVP in 89. He was a Gold Glove winner in 1981. He was a Silver Slugger Award winner three times, and that's where you are. You have the best batting average uh, at your position than anybody else. So you get voted for that. That's what the Silver Slugger would mean. He was a 12-time AL stolen base leader, 1980 through 86, 88 through 91, and again in 1998. He got his number retired by the Oakland A's, his number 24, and he was also in, inducted into the Oakland A's uh, Hall of Fame. Hmm. He has a career stolen base record of 1,406 career stolen bases. He has 2,295 runs scored, and he has the major league record for stolen bases in a single season with 130 stolen bases. That's crazy, man. This guy that I'm talking about is the one and only Ricky Henderson. Oh, yeah. Ricky Henderson is the GOAT of all GOATs. He, he had a nickname of the Man of Steel. And the reason why I bring that up, and I've talked about this numerous times, the art of stolen bases 
is the lost art. A There's point. not a lot of people that that pattern their game after a Ricky Henderson because it's not as exciting. I thought the stolen base, the the two most exciting plays in baseball was the stolen base and a triple. Those two things were the most exciting part of the game, and I prided myself on that. I wanted to steal as many bags as I possibly could because of Ricky Henderson, Hmm. and the other one was I wanted to try to hit as many triples as I possibly could because that is where you really get to show that you are doing a a you you know how to hit them corners mm-hmm. and you know how to drive the ball gap to gap. Ricky Henderson is the guy that set the standard if you were watching baseball at a young age. In 1980, he had 100 stolen bases. In 82, he had 130. In 83, he had 108. Nobody else is even coming close to that anymore. That's part That's of the crazy. game that is being yeah, lost. That's wild, man. And you think about it, you say, man, what – what else about his game can you talk about? Well, as I said, he he was scoring runs in the leadoff position. He was hitting leadoff home runs. He was setting a record for that as well. He was one of the most electrifying players in the game that a lot of people didn't talk about. And the fact that he still holds that record is amazing to me. He he stole 50%. His stolen bases was 50% higher than the previous record by Lou Brock. Hmm. Lou Brock set the tone at 938 stolen bases. Ricky's got 1,400. It's crazy. The dude was amazing, and I think we don't give Ricky Henderson enough love. I know Ricky going to give Ricky enough love, (laughs) but I just wanted to point out that Ricky Henderson was the most exciting player in the game, and at the time of his retirement, he led Major League Baseball with stolen bag. I mean, run scored. Um, Barry Bonds ended up passing him at that point, but his numbers, you cannot deny how great he was. 225, uh, I mean, excuse me, 2,295 run scored, ranked him number one at the time. Stolen bases, like I said, he'll never be passed on that. He was fourth in career games played with 3,081. He was 13th in at-bats and 25th in hit. He's got over 3,000 hits. Ricky Henderson was a guy that every time you turned on the game and he was playing, Mm -hmm. you knew something exciting was going to happen. So I wanted to give a shout-out to Ricky Henderson because he was that type of guy that every time you watched him play, you knew something exciting was going to happen. That is crazy because I remember – like looking up to guy because Deion Sanders obviously yes. big yep. part of his game was speed stealing bases yes guys like Kenny Lofton back that was in the their day game, man. oh man yeah I remember Otis that. Nixon mm-hmm. remember the Cardinals that was their entire game that everybody on the Cardinals was runners yeah because they had another guy that played was it Sanders that played both ways for them too they had they had Deion Sanders and they had another guy Reggie that, Sanders they, right you know, Reggie they had Sanders another was there one. and Brian Jordan was on their team too don't forget Brian Jordan was playing nobody ever really talks about Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan and Deion Sanders were on the same Atlanta That's Falcons. That's what I'm game. talking about. Then they played yeah. together, and then That's what I'm talking. They about. ended up playing with the in the major leagues together as yeah. well with yeah. the Braves. That's what I'm talking about. So That's yeah, crazy. indeed, and you know, guys looked up to um, Ricky Henderson because of the way he played the game. When mm-hmm. I was drafted by the Montreal Expos, we were considered the running Expos. Because everybody in our organization, from top to bottom, from the major league all the way down to rookie ball, we were 
all about running the bases. We were all about stealing bases, stealing bases. And, again, it's one of those things that people don't even really pay attention to. I can't even tell you who the last guy that even came close to getting 100 stolen bases because they don't do it. Everybody wants to play for the home run. Everybody wants to play. You get on. We want to drive it out of the park. If you steal a bag – they're going to change the way everything happens. So they didn't even want you to do that anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. That that was phased out. Yeah. The game slowly but surely. And it basically analytics. Analytics is, is, is what, what took it out. out it goes, to the, goes back to the mid-range jumper. Nobody likes it because the analytics say if you go back two more feet, you'll get a three-pointer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, And I'm like, no, develop it and score runs because he set the table for everybody. That's a great point. Ah, uh, yeah. Love me some Ricky Henderson, man. Oh, man. Jose yeah. Reyes had, uh, wait, let's see if I can find it again, uh, 78 in 2007. That's the, that's, that's the most in the 2000s. Wow. 78 in a season. Wow. Ricky had over 100 bags three years. Damn. In two back-to-back. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and he has the major league record, one of those things that you it will never be broken. No. You don't see it being broken yeah, because, just because the game the has trend, changed so much. Yeah, the trend is that yeah. the guys don't. That's not a skill they cultivate anymore. No. You can be fast, but nobody's encouraging you to steal bases no, like you that's used not to. who you are. Yeah, and then you got to get good. You got to get really good at it, so you need reps at it. Yep. If you don't get reps at it, you're not going to be great at exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, man, who's the, the – oh, man, that was a Texas baseball player that was really good at a couple of years ago. Uh, Tim Moss was really good at it. He yeah. was stealing bases all the time. Eric, oh, um, uh, uh, you know I know you're about? talking about from the East Coast kind of yeah, his? Mike, Mike, yes. uh, Antica. Yes. Yeah, yeah, was good yeah. at it. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, he was pretty damn good at it. Yeah, he was damn good. Yeah, some at guys. It. I mean, it, it's a, it, it's, it's a, it's something you got to cultivate. It's a skill, but some guys have a knack to that timing yep. and that, that burst, that first step. That first step's got to be all it money. Is. And you got to make that read too. You got to, yes. you got to dissect yeah. that pitcher's every move because they know that you're going to try to steal that bag. So they're going to mix up certain things, but you have to get that timing and look for certain keys on the pitcher because he'll give you the answers you're looking for, but yeah. you got to make sure you're studying. That's all I ever used to do. Hmm. Like I used to watch and watch and watch, and it was like, okay, when he moves his shoulder a certain way, I know I got him. Yeah, But there were some times where they moved that shoulder the other way. And they got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you say you just got to get on base first, and how many people bunt right. anymore, they ever, at any don't. point? And you're like, that's the way you get a guy on first that he can steal a base. Used to be old school, small ball style. Yep. And that's just completely out of the game now. Very so you're very, like, if you're even a fast guy, you're on second more than you're on first now because they don't yep. want you to try and, they want you to try and hit in the gaps anyway. Yeah. Yep. And if you're fast enough to steal bases, they want you to go for two. No doubt. Isn't that true. You're right. No yeah. doubt. Analytics has changed the game. That's a great harsh knock life. And I remember that as a youngster. I'm with you. I thought that was a sexy part of baseball. It was, man. That was a sexy. That I was loved a cool. It. That was a cool. That's, that's, that was why I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to be a guy that stole bases because I knew I could do it really the well. The cat and mouse game. Yeah. Man. You're sitting there trying to beat that catcher, trying to make the, the uh, time to the plate. Hey, what is he? He's one two to the plate. <laughs> I might have to wait a second. You know. Oh, he's one three. Got him. I know I got him on that. Yeah. If he takes too long to get that ball to the catcher, I got him on that. That's uh, that's very interesting numbers, man. That's an unfortunate trend for baseball too. Uh, so I, and maybe um, at the lower levels is that still is that still the same case? Like even yeah. at high school level, very it's much so. still it's a trend. Still, they're that's, not running near as yeah. much as they used to. Yeah. And it's an exciting part of the game. And it used to be, just like I was telling you before, the hit and runs were a part of the game. And you took pride in it. Coach put on a hit and run. You knew you had to swing. There wasn't no thinking to it. Mm-hmm. And now you're up there. They don't even give those anymore. 
Crazy. Like, Different was, game, I, man. I was like, man, <laughs> when I was coaching, we hitting and running every time. Because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be up there swinging that bat. you damn right. Yeah. Uh, all right, good horse knock life there. We come back, we'll talk about whether they needed to remake this iconic classic sports movie. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 on the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wings. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. All right, gentlemen, I need to gauge your interest in this upcoming food, uh, upcoming movie, this film. It is a remake of White Man Can't Jump. Jack Harlow, yep, the rapper Jack Harlow. He is going to be starting, starring in the film alongside, I hope I say his name right, Sin, Sinqua Walls. I hope I said his name correctly. Anyway, he's an up-and-comer. He's actually pretty good. I've seen him in some other stuff. But they're remaking White Men Can't Jump. And uh, people are less than enthused about the trailer, which has been released. But we know the original White Men Can't Jump with uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez was an iconic, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it was a smash hit at the time, but it's become kind of a cult uh, a favorite among sports movies and um, I love it. It's still one of my favorite sports movies out there. One of the best basketball movies, period, out there, too. What say you, Harge, about the remake? Are you going to watch it? Are you interested? Or what's your prediction about how it's going to be? I'm not interested. You're not at interested all. at all? No, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just over the fact of everybody trying to remake classic movies with different people. It just It just doesn't make sense to me. And, again, it's one of those situations where it's like, Sometimes just let it be. Sometimes you got to let it be. They got to remake it for a new generation. Man, they're making uh, Bad Boys 4 as well, but they're using the same people. Yeah, that was like, that, that was like that's cool because you just, that's a series of yeah. movies. So it's, it's cool. That's a Bad Boy like yeah. series. I'm cool with that. The remake is a little different. And yeah. this, this is obviously, I think, 1992 is when uh, White Men Can't Jump came out, somewhere around there. They just remade House Party as well. Now, that was going to be terrible. This is the one where they're in LeBron's <laughs> they're house. LeBron's house. And then they're like basically yeah. throwing they a party in LeBron's house. teleports in or something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. very strange and weird. I, I think it's really tough to remake uh, classic, iconic comedies because a lot of it is, I've said before, it's about timing a lot of comedies mm-hmm. about timing and if you watch the way a lot of iconic comedies are made you know you can watch kind of the outtakes in, in some of these dvd uh, 
like special uh, DVD series um, and editions, and they'll show you all, all the outtakes and how it was made. Man, there's a ton of improvisation. Right. They're just throwing out different stuff and seeing if it sticks in. There is no way you can predict or project if a mm-hmm. movie, especially a comedy, is going to be iconic or really good. Nobody knew the 40-year-old virgin was going to be iconic right. or super bad. They don't, you don't know. That's true. You just don't know. You Same don't know. thing with Ace, Hangover, too. Exactly. Ace yeah. Ventura, Pet Detective. You thought, they, oh, it's going to be a smash hit. They don't know. Yeah. You have no idea because a lot of it is timing, improvisation, and it's really hard to replicate those again and again. And by the way, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, some of the best chemistry oh, of amazing. any working exactly. duo Rosie in Perez? film. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, they, they work together a lot. They Woody, work Woody and Wesley love each like other. Did yeah. they work on money training? Yeah, they've been on like three or four movies yeah. together. They love each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's something, too. That's You can't do that with Jack Harlow and whoever this other guy is. <laughs> yeah. Whoever this jabroni is. Yeah. I'm sure he's cool, but. I don't, how's Jack Harlow the cool one in this? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, Jack Harlow is a name that I hear so much <laughs> for good. someone that I have no concept of what he actually does. He, I know he's a musician. He's a rapper. I, but I don't know what he does because it. I just don't. I'm too old. Yep. Too old to care anymore. Yeah. I. I listen, I, I have some Jack Harlow on, on my phone, a little bit of it. And he's a he's a good, he's a decent rapper. He's nothing special, though. He's not special. It's, no, it's no Wesley. He's no Wesley Snipes or... Uh, no way. <laughs> but you can tell they're trying. There's a push to get Jack Harlow in yeah, in your in your realm on your timeline. Yeah, no, no, I get that, and yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Is they keep making these movies that are like, hey, remember these things we made with young up and coming guys who are really hungry? Let's get a guy who's in everything already and is oh completely oversaturated, and then we'll put him in there, and then it'll make people watch it for that. You're like, no, put together a good movie, yeah. and then cast the right people for it, as opposed to casting people and then finding a movie for them. I'm with you. Yeah, like yep. that's we bring up the LeBron James. We're like, we have LeBron, so this movie will be like. If your basis is people like LeBron, you're gonna have a hard road to climb here, buddy. <laughs> they did that with the '80 for Brady, like they write the '80s for Brady yeah. movie. Yeah. They basically assume like, okay, all Tom Brady fans will come see these movies. Like, no, people are not gonna go see that. And movie he's executive producer on there, I believe too. <laughs> exactly. uh, I believe Blake Griffin is executive producing this. The oh. name of White Man Can't Jump. Blake really? Griffin is a piece of this, yeah. Wow. Oh. Even less reason to go see it. <laughs> um, yeah, four movies, Wesley Snipes and um, uh, Woody Harrelson were on together. Wildcats, White Man yep. Can't Jump, Money Train, and Play It to the Bone. That's a Wildcats. lot of chemistry. Like, yeah. Those guys like working together, and they're yeah. really good together. And you can't replicate that with Jack Harlow and whoever the other guy is. Sinqua. Uh, y'all, you know what? If y'all want it, have fun watching it. I, I'll watch the old one again. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of bad movies, so I will watch it for you guys. All right, thank you. I watch. I watch a lot. Of, I do. I, I watch a lot of bad movies. I don't, even, Ron, I don't even watch good movies. Uh, exactly. I watch good and bad movies, so I I'll watch nothing. it. And yeah, I'll give you a blackbuster review of how bad it Isn't is. Isn't it on Hulu? I think you're right here. No, I, I think it sure. is. I, I think, think you're it right. is Hulu. Even more reason to watch it. Because, yeah. Well, I don't know if I have Hulu. I was <laughs> using somebody else's Hulu, and then they must have stopped paying for it because now it doesn't work anymore. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. So May nineteenth. That's what I thought. So okay. I'll check it out. I'll find some way to check it out. I'll let you know. But it's a terrible idea. I'm with you guys. All right. it's uh, be I believe bad. the Rosie Flores character is being played by Tiana Taylor. That's what I'm... Oh. oh. believe that's who's going to be. Oh. hard to not yeah. like, oh, believe really? that's who's playing. Okay. Is it, didn't she used to date... What's the NBA player? She, did she date an NBA player? I think they all did, man. Okay. <laughs> that's, why she, that's why she was in this thing. No, it was, uh, he was playing for the Mavs for a while. 
Really? Is it Iman Schumpert? Let nah. me see. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is yes, it Iman Schumpert? It is Iman Schumpert. Right? Yeah. They were like serious, though. They were yeah. like, I don't know if they're still together. They were like either. Like, no, they're still together. They're still together, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're married. Oh, yeah. They're married. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's well put yep. together. She is definitely reason to check it out. Yes, I yeah. can be. So now maybe I will watch it. They know how to get you. They know, <laughs> know how to get you. It doesn't take much to get news. Yeah. Basketball movie with Tiana oh, Taylor. Oh, that movie's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I get a hoop. Who's in it? Oh, Who's yeah. Well, right. I might need to check we'll this check out. out. I'll I'll check it on Hulu. I She's got like four home. scenes in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into Texas basketball, their big win, comeback win over K-State, and then we'll preview their matchup coming up tonight. Big Monday for Versus Kansas, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine.